Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Keller, and today I have my partner in crime, Joel Hamilton, Senior Editor at news.clearancejobs.com on the line. And today we're going to do a top five podcast episode for you. We're going to talk about the top stories, most read stories at clearancejobsblog.com. So if you're unfamiliar with that website, It's a blog that we manage. We have background investigators, facility security officers, and many other people who are a part of the personnel vetting process who have experience on security clearances. And so folks can ask some of their questions, maybe anonymously, if the topic is of explicit nature. But we're going to talk about some of those top red stories. So Jill, thanks so much for joining me today. How are we doing? Doing great, you know, we're entering the summer season. And so it's it's great. Yeah, no, uh, news never stops. And so some of these topics on the blog, I, I, I just, I love writing about them. So, you know, I write the the Ask CJ column, which releases on Saturdays. And generally, those are questions from our blog. So some some really funny stories that, that we've covered on, on the news site, Jill. And so I, I'm going to kick us off with this first one. And so this isn't as funny of a topic, honestly, back in 2016, we were experiencing serious, serious security clearance processing delays. And so it really made recruiting really hard. I was recruiting in 2016 and a lot of people weren't willing to sponsor clearances. And so this top red post, it's at almost 200,000 views at clearancejobsblog.com. And so our director of content, Lindy Kaiser, she had posted about hearing from hiring managers and cleared candidates that clearance processing delays were becoming a serious issue, especially since we were seeing that the cleared talent pool was also shrinking at that point. OPM had the cybersecurity breach, the 30-day equip shut down, and they also had major reshuffling and contract investigation companies, a ton of delays happening. And so in this original post, it talked about for the average days of fastest 90% of reported clearance decisions made, a top secret reinvestigation was uh, in the second quarter of uh, fiscal year 2015, just to note, 245 days for the fastest 90%. Like that is just so insane. And I remember that it was so awful. And so, you know, we, we read some of the comments here and I, you know, folks are saying like at over a hundred days since I submitted my original equip. And so not really hearing, hearing crickets really from hiring managers and recruiters and their FSOs that they were working with as they were going through the security clearance investigation process. So yeah, that one, uh, no brainer that it was one of the top red stories on the blog, but that was from 2016. And I'm happy that clearance processing times are in in a better position these days. Me too. It's it is definitely one of those top questions you get asked, you know, like how how long are things taking these days? And it's they've done a lot of work in order to make things a lot faster and streamline the process. Obviously we still have ways to go and it's not hard to get a backlog again. 
you know, just, it doesn't take much, you know? So it's just interesting to watch that over the years and the impact that that has on the industry. Absolutely. I mean, the security clearance process, it hasn't gone through really major updates in the last like five decades until the last few years with Trusted Workforce 2.0. And so, you know, hopefully we don't get to that backlog again, but yeah, no, because it, it makes recruiting really hard. It makes... It makes it tough for new people to get international security positions by being sponsored. So yeah, that, that's number one. So what's number two, Jilly? All right. So number two, this is a back from uh, 2017 as well. A ton of views, 101,000 views. And the reason why, because it's on polygraphs, and that's just another hot topic for the clearance industry. So this one says, I received a COE and just recently completed my poly mental health and background interview. Everything went well except for the poly. I did it twice, and the examiner said that the results were inconclusive and that they will submit it to the adjudicator for their decision. My background interview is the next day, and they said they will still conduct the phone calls and due diligence, even though my poly was inconclusive. Just wanted to get any input you may have. Since the poly was inconclusive, does that mean my offer is automatically getting rescinded, or is the poly only one part? or i.e. a large part of the whole process, an adjudicator bases their decision based off of the poly and background and references interviews. Any thoughts or input would be greatly appreciated. Kind of how you're saying is so interesting to come to the blog and it's a lot of people in the community who can answer different questions. It's anonymous, so you can ask these questions, get the answers that just aren't super clear as you're going through the process. And so over the years, people have provided their polygraph process, like how it went, questions that they've had about it. They're asked if people got approved. You know, if you're, if you're allowed to say it, can you tell me? I'm just curious because I do watch how things happen for other people. Yeah, it's just interesting too to see like security officers or former security officers are on there too. And one says like polygraphers are very careful with wording. They don't use the word lie. They say resolved or unresolved. It's a neutral term, meaning it may require more probing before they consider the information resolved, you know, so it is interesting to hear the different terms that get thrown out there that you might not be aware of, but, you know, your examiner is using, you know, it does help to have all this information out there to understand a lot of the process. Yeah. And I mean, the polygraph process, some people hate it. Some people think it's a useful tool. Regardless, it's definitely still a tool that's used. And I I think that I'm not sure if it mentions it in the comments, but if your polygraph is inconclusive, I mean, if it's the first time you're going through the contractor that you're working for, they may be willing to, you know, reschedule a new one that that certainly happens. It does get to a point where like, okay, it's the third or fourth time, like, like, I don't know that we can continue to to invest time and resources in the in the process. But again, it it depends, which is a very normal answer for us. Yeah. And it does add to the I think the challenge is for when going through a polygraph, if you're not already sitting employed in the position, the length of time it takes to go through the process is a lot. <laughs> you know, like it it does add to the overall process. So I think that's what also provides the stress for people or they feel like they've done everything right, but it's still coming back inconclusive and there's no rhyme or reason seemingly as to why. So that's just also hard to, to walk through that. Yeah. Polygraphs, man. Don't try to prepare though. I think is generally the advice that, 
that we give. Number three, though, I had to scroll up so dang much because of all the comments on this one. But another one from 2017. Everybody had a, a lot of questions back then. But this is actually for a public trust, a position of public trust. So not, not necessarily a clearance, but this original poster commented that I completed my equip about three weeks ago. I still haven't heard anything from an initial background investigator for an interview. Their hiring manager had contacted them that week. So three weeks after equip submission to see if they had he heard anything yet. Initially told that the public trust takes about three weeks. Is there a backlog? How long does it usually take for an investigator to contact you? I'm trying to remember. So back in 2017, honestly, whenever I submitted someone for a position of public trust, it only took a few weeks. And so that was a really easy way, even at the height of the backlog, to get people in the door. Having a contract that only required the public's trust was generally a lot easier. And that was for contracts, for example, we were working at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And so they were always looking for software developers to, to manage their systems. And so that was an easy thing. I know that anyone listening, recruiters or candidates are probably going to say, well, mine took this long. Like this one was at just about 74,000 view views. And like I said, a lot of comments. So, and it looks like Marco Hakama the the moderator on the blog said that they had been misinformed public trust investigations can take six months to over a year so again i think everyone is going to have a different experience depending on the agency you're supporting and so i think that's the main thing to keep in under consideration is it, it really just depends yeah and that's just that's also was posted originally back when they were experienced the whole system was experiencing some historic clearance processing delays. So there's always probably the trickle down effect too, that it impacts, even if something doesn't look into your background as deeply as like a top secret clearance, you're still, it still takes time. There's still the bureaucracy to move through, you know, for lack of better, you know, it, it has to go through, through all the different processes. But even as like most people were saying six months that that was their experience at the time. And if you have a lot of history for them to like at least skim mm -hmm. through, then it's gonna, it could still take a bit of time as well. Sure. And a, a lot of questions about timelines hit our top five list. So mm -hmm. number four, Jill, it looks like we have another timeline. <laughs> Adjudication timeline, this time for the Department of Energy. So this um, applicant said the Department of Energy applicant tracking system shows investigation results received on April 13th. This is back in 2017. And this, this commenter posted back in May 2017. So he's saying a month later, I'm saying I, it says this. So I would assume I'm now waiting on adjudication. Does anyone know how long adjudication should take? I have read that DOD adjudication should be done within 20 days, but I've also read that adjudicators have up to 90 days. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's always this limbo because you're right. They, like you mentioned at the beginning, they provide the fastest 90%. And it's funny because I still actually, I need to post... This, this actually reminded me, I need to post my uh, Department of Energy <laughs> clearance processing times for the quarter. <laughs> so I open it up and adjudication, they are right. It is like for a top secret, it's around 24 days, but that's currently in 2023. Back in 2017, you're coming off of different timing. You know, there had been government shutdowns and like different things that slowed things up the year prior. So like it, just a lot of things impact 
for Department of Energy, it can range anywhere from in secret 11 to 21 days. And then top secret was 19 to 24 days. So it can move pretty quickly in adjudication once they've gathered everything because the investigation part does take the longest because they're, they're having to do a deep dive into everything. But yeah, one of our regular commenters, Amber Bunny, says, I believe they move as fast as they can. Um, if there's a lengthy discussion or disagreement, they will not move the same volume. So they can't go as fast. But obviously, it's like the correct answer is, it depends. <laughs> so it can... I think it can go longer than the 20 days. I would assume they they can't, they don't count weekends so they're not working. So Yeah, that's true. Well, and I mean, this just goes to show if we if we want to keep the the background investigation process moving, maybe we need more background investigators people. So <laughs> Well, so our last top 5 which is at just at over 43,000 views. This one does not have to do with timelines. Does internet history get checked during the security clearance investigation? Really important question, I'm sure for a lot of people. So they have questions. I recently accepted a background investigator position and was told I would need a clearance. I think it's tier five, but not sure. For this level, how far back will they investigate? What avenues do they use? Do they have access to looking into things like text messages, emails, internet history, my iCloud, laptop, phone, hard drives, social media? Uh, so, oh, and then medical information or history. And so uh, this one we have written about a ton because it's it's a valid question, you know, whether you're doing mm-hmm. anything wrong or not, it's like, can something be mm-hmm. interpreted wrong that I was researching? I mean, for example, you know, Jill and I are always researching things on drugs and, you know, new like sexual <laughs> norms. And so how it relates to the security clearance process. So, you know, valid yes. question. And so security clearance background investigators do not check your browsing history. They don't read your emails or surveil your every move, bug your telephones. That's just not feasible or really allowed. And so your browsing history and hard drives would not be able to be viewed by a background investigator without a subpoena and a warrant would be required for to actively search your activities online or text messages. And so there also aren't any questions on the SF-86 pertaining to doing things online. And so what you put on social, I, I will speak to that one. Yeah, just make sure that your accounts are private. While there have been pilot programs on social media and the security clearance process, it's not like there is mass monitoring of every security clearance holder's social media accounts. So, but like I said, not not surprised that this one hit our top five list of high high views on Clearance Jobs blog. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's and it does come up into questions. I've been you know, different conferences this past year and it's come up and the government has repeatedly said we only check what's publicly available. So like you said, this past year, social media activity which proved that it wasn't quite being watched because it's on different social media forms. They can't possibly track everything. And to be honest, you know, as a parent, if the federal government finds a way to track online activity for people in a way that they can like do a deep dive into everything. Every parent in the country is actually going to want access to that system <laughs> because right now I have at least two and I'm told I even need even more in order to get all the different features because right. you know, there's just so many different holes and gaps that you can't possibly cover and be everywhere. We're not, we don't have that kind of presence and neither does the government. Big brother does not have that. <laughs> so 
But it is a valid question. I sort of see more and more go on. But again, if they're not asking for your passwords to log into your systems, they're not going to take your computer and check your browsing history. Like they don't, they would need a warrant for that. <laughs> you know, they don't have that, that access or capability of that. Yeah, definitely. And kind of a scary thought, personally, if, if we do get to that point, like, I, robot, what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, it's crazy. I mean, we'll see what happens with AI and, yeah, social media and mass monitoring. That's definitely been a question. Is it is it going to happen? We're definitely not there, but time will tell. And so those are our top five stories, highest viewed stories or threads at clearancejobsblog.com. So for more information on the security clearance process, policy updates, or some interesting stories, you can visit news.clearancejobs.com.